1: Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game.
2: Pass inside, knocked away, intended for Leonard. Turnover, Lamb gets it, shovels it forward to Poole. Poole, waits, stops, fires for three. Good! All right, welcome in. Big night for Jordan Poole and a big night for the Warriors, especially in the second half as they rally from 12 down and they beat the Clippers in this one tonight, 115-91. to We welcome you inside. Warriors wrap-up here on five seven. The Game. John Dickinson coming to you from Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City uh, and taking your phone calls here up until and uh, probably go a little past 11 o'clock tonight here uh, on five seven. The Game. The vibes are... Live here inside Harmonic. I'm uh, sipping on a Harmonic Kolsch uh, here, their flagship craft beer, uh, as this program gets started in celebration of the Warriors' big win over the Clippers tonight to improve to 33 and 30 on the season. It's now 4 and 0 on the homestand for the Warriors. You hear the Jordan Poole highlight coming in off the top of the show with Tim and Tom on the call and Jordan Poole goes for 34 in this one to lead everybody on the floor for the Warriors and the story of the game tonight the Warriors' defense, and the Warriors' defense in the second half in particular, big third quarter, Warriors uh, found themselves in this game uh, not quite as bad a start as some of the most recent games that, that they've gotten off to as far as uh, a lot of poor starts, but the Clippers uh, did lead uh, at the half, Forty-six or 56 to 45 rather. Clippers with a big second quarter after a relatively even first quarter. Nobody hitting really either way from three-point range. The Warriors 3 of 22 from three. Clippers 6 of 21 in the first half, but the Clippers did dominate early in the paint to the tune of 32-16. Uh, and the Warriors... Hanging around in the game really throughout much of the first half with Clay Thompson and and Draymond Green and Jonathan Kaminga helping to carry the load in terms of the offense. And and really, they were the best shooters the Warriors had in the first half uh, with Dante DiVincenzo and Jordan Poole and Anthony Lamb, really everybody else that played in the game uh, shooting woefully. Uh, But in the third quarter, uh, it all flipped Uh, in, in the third quarter as the Warriors go down. Uh, From 11 down to 15 ahead, 42-16 in the third, and the Warriors finally got the Clippers playing the way the Clippers had played for the last week here coming out of the All-Star break, a team that still had been looking for a win since the All-Star break, a team that still had been looking for a win since Russell Westbrook was, was factored into the equation going back to last Friday in that wild game down in Southern California against the Kings that that ended up in, in double overtime. But the Warriors, dominant defense in the third quarter, really making the Clippers work and turning defense into offense in that third quarter. And Jordan Poole going off in that third quarter as well. Uh, Poole with the 22 of his 34 in the third quarter, most uh, in that quarter in his career. He did have 19 going back to... A year ago, March, and the second most for any quarter of Jordan Poole's career, uh, second 20-point quarter in, in Jordan Poole's career, and the momentum was building and Chase Center was going nuts, and the Warriors able to to flip the game at that point and turn it into a blowout, which, which was something that really didn't look possible throughout the early going or in the second quarter. I think a lot of people thought coming into this game, hey, the Warriors might be able to win it because the Clippers had struggled so mightily. But uh, the defense now, really for a third straight game, it's been the third quarter in each of these last two games. It was the fourth quarter in the game against Minnesota, and so much of the question has been, you know, can the Warriors hold serve up until Steph Curry comes back, and it appears with now one more game to go on this homestand, the Pelicans in the quick turnaround, second of the back-to-back tomorrow, as if the Warriors uh, are starting to maybe finally get hot uh, at the right time and lead themselves to a a point where they can get on a run here. 33-30, and I don't think many people would have expected that would be good enough for fifth in the Western Conference at this stage of the year, but it is currently good enough for fifth in the Western Conference at this stage of the year. Warriors uh, 33 and 30. They are a game back of the Suns who currently are fourth and they're still four games back of Sacramento who sits in third at 36 and 25, but the Warriors able to gain ground on the Clippers with the head-to-head win and now have taken two out of three head-to-head in the season series, these two teams to play again coming up here in about 2 weeks and they Keep pace with Dallas, a half game ahead of Dallas. Dallas beat Philadelphia tonight in Big D. They got their first win in a while. And so the Warriors, as reported by Chris Haynes on TNT, that Steph Curry targeting the game on Sunday in LA against the Lakers to make his return, barring any setback. So if that all rings true, that's one more game in Chase Center tomorrow for the Warriors to try and continue to get their footing and stabilize and i think one of the one of the incredible stories of this warrior season if they go on to do something special is how they've played without steph curry the fact that they've been able to be now a 13 and 12 team above 500 in the 25 games where steph has had to miss this year due to injury that has saved their season and now they have a shot with 19 games to go to get on an even bigger run here, 9-5-7-0. It's John Dickinson here on 957. The game from Harmonic Brewing. Stop by, say hi uh, here for the next half hour plus. We got uh, a lot of people here enjoying a cold one, a little post game meal uh, and the like. And uh, yeah, I'm sipping on the Harmonic Cola. also have the Starship Lager, the Seaside IPA as well. And uh, the bar bites menu, which has been expanded, we'll tell you about that here between now and eleven o'clock as well. Uh, we got people that already want to talk, though, on the phone line, so let's get to it. 888-957-9570. nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's start with Z Dog up first here on Warriors wrap up tonight on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, Z Dog? Hey JD, thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to shout out JK
3: and JP in particular. JP uh, a lot of Warriors fans, I think, uh, don't have enough patience with the young guys, but they really showed out. Uh, my friend and I were at the game, and then and Kawhi could not impose as well on J.K. whatsoever. And you know what? Bottom line is, I don't care who the one seed is. I don't care what team Kevin Durant is on. The NBA title and the Western Conference go through the Warriors. I don't care what panic Warriors fans have. This team has earned equity. They're about to go on another 18 to two run that we did last year. Yeah, Warriors fans should not be panicking. We should be as confident as we've ever been. That's
2: well, I don't think Warriors fans are panicking right now as this team wins their fourth consecutive game at home. And look, they've been good at home all year. I don't think anybody would dispute that home court dominance, even when they've been down. Now, twenty-six and seven in thirty-three home games, with eight games to go on the home floor. That they the difference has been the home road splits the difference has been really the inability to get on a lengthy winning streak and this win tonight puts the Warriors at their high water mark for the season three games over 500 there were four other times where the Warriors had a chance to get to three games over 500 and each of those previous four times, they lost at least two games. Not only one, but two games to get back to five hundred, one One instance right in the middle of the season, they were 20-18. and 18. They lost three in a row to dip back to 20-21 to and 21, right at the 41-game marker. But uh, good hat tip and nod to Jonathan Kaminga tonight. Jonathan Kaminga was tremendous in this game tonight for the Warriors off the bench. He knocked down three of four from three. Tonight was one of the few games where it felt like Kaminga was bringing the energy and the intensity defensively, was bringing the athleticism that that he's known for in what really is necessary in a matchup against the Clippers because they have so much length and so much athleticism. But he also brought the offensive game. He always brings the the high flying uh, you know attack and look to get to the basket and and dunk it on somebody's head type of vibe but he was very calm and confident in shooting the ball hit a pull-up jumper from the mid-range hit three of four from three-point range and yeah I think you know Jonathan Kaminga did a hell of a job defensively plus 19 it was really the story tonight Kaminga And the starters for the Warriors that that help put their imprint on the game, and Kaminga solidifying himself—he's in the rotation. He's the one young guy that's cracked the code, or maybe the Warriors have found the proper balance as to explaining to him the things he has to do on a regular basis to get out on the floor and make an impact. And and look—you got Paul George, you got Kawhi Leonard; those two players as good as any among wings in the NBA. You got to have some athletic wings that can be able to defend them, and, and. Kaminga did a nice job throughout the course of the night in his time on, on Kawhi Leonard. And that youthful energy can be infectious. And the crowd gets hyped really anytime he's in the game. And so, yeah, when he's knocking down the three, it's just a, an added layer because that's been the one aspect of his game that really has been the most inconsistent to this point in his young career. Z Dog, appreciate you checking in. 888 957 9570. 888 957 JD here at Harmonic Brewing. On 95.7 The Game, let's get to J.P. in Union City next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, J.P.?
3: Hey, J.D., first and foremost, man, I just want to thank you for always being the voice that we hear after the game. No disrespect to Tim Roy, but, man, just hearing you, you play devil's advocate. You're very subjective. So, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for always being on the air with us so that way we can kind of talk dev talk. So, thank you for that, man.
2: Appreciate Um, it. Appreciate it. What else you got?
3: Yeah, Uh, But to my point, um, I was at the game as well. And the one thing that I did see is that the defense just, we talked about flipping the switch. The the switch was flipped today. Uh, Draymond had the ability to communicate. Every time there was a play, he individually went up to Kaminga, chatted with them, talked to him. He went up to Lamb, chatted, and talked with them. Like He was literally coaching people on the floor on a one-on-one basis. But, we also have to give credit to DDV, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, for locking down PG 11 points. That dude was on him hard, and you can see PG was so frustrated. So uh, the defense was there. I think we've got something going once we get uh, GP2 back in. Man, that our defense, it's going to be solid throughout the playoffs.
2: Yeah, you're starting to see what the rotation's going to look like, JP, and we've talked about it a lot. If Kaminga's going to be in the rotation, DiVincenzo, I think, has solidified himself firmly as the seventh man on this Warriors team when Steph comes back, and it sounds like we could be just a matter of days away from Steph Curry coming back and, and putting himself into the fold for the last potentially 18 games if he comes back on Sunday afternoon in Los Angeles. But, yeah, DiVincenzo does just about everything well he's a good defender he can defend up a position and Paul George likes to get the ball a lot on the perimeter out beyond the three-point line and go to work from out there and he is the kind of player that at times you can make not not want to work hard and I think Dante DiVincenzo because he was such a pest for Paul George you know Paul George got a little too cool for school in his game. And and if you show Paul George early that he's going to have to work hard for thirty eight forty minutes that he's out on the floor to get his, that's not what Paul George is all about. And I think we've seen that throughout the course of of his career. And it's just kind of a kind of a tone set, uh, I, I think, at that point. I'll tell you the other tone set by the Warriors, and and this was early, and it really played a role in both the. the early part of the first quarter where the Warriors were able to hang in the game when it was kind of back and forth not a lot of defense really being played either way and especially prevalent in the third quarter was just the the Warriors willingness to allow Russell Westbrook to just shoot from wherever he wanted to shoot it was as if the Warriors said to the world Russ you can get whatever you want from the perimeter whenever you want we're sagging off we're using uh, any kind of defender to help off of you and let you shoot and and let you let you have whatever you want. Don't want you to get in transition. Don't want you to get to the basket. And I think we're seeing now with the Clippers at zero and four, they're probably never going to admit it, uh, but they may be forced to if they want to go on some kind of legitimate playoff run that they think they're good enough to go on. Westbrook ain't it. And and, and Westbrook is the kind of player that. No matter how many other good things you do well, he makes your team more vulnerable and susceptible. He gives the opposition an area to attack on what would be an otherwise balanced team that, you know, with Paul George and Kawhi and some of the other players that, that the Clippers have, have been able to acquire here recently, he gives the opposition an area to attack on offense. Because you can just sit back and and take a player off of him to help in other areas and dare him to shoot over and over and over, and he will continue to shoot over and over and over, and that takes shots away from Paul George, takes shots away from Kawhi Leonard. Uh, You look at the final line tonight, Russell Westbrook took as many shots as Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was 8 for 12 tonight, 12 field goal attempts. Russell Westbrook shot the ball 12 times. You're telling me if you're the Clippers you wouldn't want – Kawhi Leonard taking six eight more shots that Russell Westbrook took you absolutely would Paul George took 15 shots so they were basically sharing it around Eric Gordon never been shy and and Gordon looks like he's on the downside of his career at this point he took 16 shots that's not going to work and if you're the Warriors you're loving every second of that if you're the Warriors you want you want Russ shooting it you want Eric Gordon shooting it you want Kawhi and Paul George just kind of going through the motions they tapped out tonight like let's just be real they tapped out Ty Lue called them off in the middle of the third quarter or fourth quarter and said that's it we got a two-hour bus ride to Sacramento tomorrow let's go try to score 150 on them like we did last week in a, in a losing effort because this game became too physically imposing for them to take and they both tapped out, and that's a credit to the Warriors and their defense and the championship spirit. And it's also a light bulb going off, I think, over the NBA that, that starts to potentially expose the Clippers and expose those two uh, as to what they're all about. Eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's keep it rolling with Nick in the city here on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. The game. What's going on, Nick?
3: Hey, man. I am. Uh... High on this Dubs win yet again. And, um, you know, I was just talking about tonight with some friends. You know, we love Steph Curry back yesterday, but we don't need him back tomorrow. Steph, Steph can take his time. I don't even need him back against the Lakers quite yet. I'm stoked that it's looking good for him. But let's keep winning without Steph for now and make sure he's back and ready when he is 100% and just kill the West from there.
2: Well, let's not get carried away, Nick, and thanks for the phone call. You want Steph Curry back as soon as Steph Curry's healthy enough to play. Uh, and as far as that goes, they're about to go on the road, and I actually think the Warriors going on the road is the perfect time for Steph Curry to come back as I stare at my screen here inside Harmonic Brewing and the 7-23 and 23 road record. Uh, to me, you want every – possible game down the stretch that you can have Steph Curry healthy you want Steph Curry back in the fold and this team's gonna have to win some road games because that really is in many ways the last box that needs to be checked it's can they continue this run with some consistency I mean it's the first time they've been three games over 500 this season so can they continue the run but can they win on the road I think you know can they continue to play this level of defense I think is also a part of it but you have to be able to You have to be able to win on the road, and Steph Curry gives you a better chance of winning on the road. Now, that being said, you're also going to need an adjustment period not only for when Steph comes back, but for when you get Andrew Wiggins back into the fold in addition to that. And the Warriors, the 13 and 12 with Steph, or without Steph, rather, that means they're 20 and 18 with Steph. And and look, nobody's saying Steph Curry is part of the problem, but what I am getting at and saying right now is the fact that Steph Curry. And the Warriors have to figure out how to play together and maximize the group that they've got when they have everybody. And I think that goes for Wiggins, too. And there is an adjustment period for how the Warriors have had to play without him versus how they're going to play with him. Then you get Wiggins. Like, that's the team. You know, this team, as great as it's been here these last four games, this team ain't making a run in the playoffs. You got to have Steph and you got to have Wiggins. So you got to figure out how to bump up what's been that 20 and 18. When they've had everybody, which I think you could make the case, collectively has been the most disappointing aspect of of this team this season, and that's just the simple fact that that you'd think if if, if I told you and I said this all year, if I told you twenty five games into the year without Steph Curry, the Warriors were thirteen and twelve in those games, I'd tell you I'd think the Warriors were already second in the Western Conference or pushing pushing in in the top three. To be sure, but that hasn't been the case because they just haven't been able to get the consistent traction defensively or on the road, even when they've had everybody. Eight at eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. we'll keep it rolling here. We got a lot of people that want to talk on the phone lines tonight. Cameron in Antioch is next here on Warriors wrap up on 957 the game. Hey Cameron. Hello.
1: What's up, Cameron? Hello, Glow. How you guys doing tonight, man? I'm just having a good time, you know. I just left the Warriors game. It was a nice W, but I do got, I still got some criticism. I need Steve Kerr to play PBJ over Lamb. I, I don't want to see Lamb before PBJ get in the game. That's very disrespectful. PBJ got a lot of potential more than Lamb. That's what we need. And also, we need to cut Lamb, and we need to go get New Orleans. We need to get a big before the playoff starts. And also, one more thing, Paul George does not deserve to win a title. He
3: tried to pay a million dollars to kill his child. But
2: All right, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Uh, 888-957-9570, 957 9570 Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The Game. Uh, as far as Anthony Lamb and P. P. J. Anthony Lamb is going to play over Patrick Baldwin Jr. And Anthony Lamb is probably going to get his contract uh, for the regular season once he hits his 50 games. Tonight was game number 48 and be eligible for the playoffs. And, you know, Anthony Lamb struggled tonight shooting the ball to say the least, but was out there when enough good things were happening for the Warriors to to pitch in and and help, Uh, although it was rough at times in particular in the first half. Like – I agree with the statement that PBJ has more upside and probably a better future, and that future may even start next year, but it's not going to start within the next month ahead of more established veteran players. That's that's just the reality, and as long as the Warriors are winning games, then there really isn't much that needs to be said about Lamb or PBJ, although I do think Lamb's minutes are going to go down once this team does get fully healthy with Steph back and with Andrew Wiggins back. Andrew Wiggins coming back at some point here allows Anthony Lamb to not have to play uh, nearly as much as he has been playing. I also think you can slide DiVincenzo up a little bit because he showed tonight he can guard up. He can guard wings. He can can guard certain 3-4 types that like to have the ball out on the perimeter and go to work the way Paul George specifically tonight does. And I think that that allows for you know, him to be able to, to defend, and, and it gives him a role. He's shown in this time where Curry's been out, not only now, but going back to the end of December and the beginning of January, that, that he isn't just a backup combo guard. He's got a little more to his game than that, and so I think he's somebody as the playoffs get closer, Curry comes back, hopefully Wiggins at some point, and then Vincenzo becomes a player that not only can be a guard, but can be a wing as the rotation starts to be whittled down here uh, at the end of the season and also into the postseason. Uh, let's go to Alan Alameda next here before we pause on 95 7 the game. What's going on, Al?
4: Yes, hi. Good evening. Thank you for taking my call here. Hey, uh, I'm just so excited about this uh, late comeback here we've been doing lately. I don't know, it's it's beginning to be like a pandemic to me here, you know. You get upset the first half, then suddenly, third quarter, they pick it up, and fourth quarter, they they take the lead. You know, you know, Timberwolves, Rockets, Portland, and tonight. And I don't know if it's a fluke or what, or, you know, without Kelly in there and uh, Wiggins, I don't know how we're doing this. Um, The bench, or... The coaching, maybe, is the combine of everything. You know, I'm very excited about this, especially, especially that the, the race here in the Western Conference. I mean, it's, it's so close. that I don't know who's going to be number six, seven, or eight. Or I'm looking at, I'm looking at the paper right now. It seems like we might even make it to number four too, year. You know, you only got Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento ahead of us. Phoenix is not far from catching them. And know I know KD played a day or or no, yesterday, but I don't see them to be a threat right now. Everybody's beating everybody, and for us, we're just we're there and just winning. That's all I care right now. Uh, just keep winning. Somehow we might be. I'll be happy with number three or four seats. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call.
2: Thank thanks for the call, Al. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero here on 95.7 The game you say, how are they doing it? Uh, well, they're doing it because Clay Thompson's been tremendous. They're doing it because Jordan Pool's been really good. The, the much maligned Jordan Poole who had thirty four tonight and is helping this team win games. They're doing it because Dante DiVincenzo, who didn't have a great stat line tonight in terms of shooting the basketball, he was a plus twenty two. Tell me defense isn't 50% of the game, and look at Dante DiVincenzo's line tonight. He had five points. He was two for 10 shooting, one of six from three, and he was a plus 22. Why? Because he had two steals, two blocks, 11 rebounds. How about the job the Warriors did on the boards in this game tonight? 60 rebounds. Let me tell you, you got to force a lot of missed shots to get 60 rebounds, but you also got to be really attacking the backboard to get 60 rebounds. And, And the Warriors, the 60 rebounds... This is the second time this season that they've had 60 in a game. The, the only other time was against Atlanta on January 2nd, where they had 69 in what was a two-overtime win over the Hawks back on, on that game, which was the first of the calendar year, 2023. So 60 boards tonight. Big Warriors doing it with defense. An opponent season low, 91 points. Uh, the previous had been the Spurs in November – so it's the second time this season the Warriors have held their opponent under 100, but the magic number has been 115, and the Warriors are 24-3 and now when they hold an opponent under 115. They were way under 115 tonight, which brings us to our secret sauce of the game, a brand-new sponsor here on Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. Uh, why did the Warriors win or lose in this case tonight? What was the deciding factor? It was the third quarter, and in particular, the third quarter defense leading to offense, 42-16 dubs. Jordan Poole going for 22 of his 34 in that quarter. And uh, yeah, the Warriors holding the Clippers to 16. How about at one point in the second half, the Clippers had missed 18 of 19 from three-point range. So the Warriors doing it with D and defense leading to offense. It was the old third-quarter Dubcon 3 defense uh, for the Warriors against the Clippers tonight. Uh, So that was the secret sauce of the game for the Warriors. The secret sauce of the game is brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways. Now available in eight Bay Area locations with our newest one being in Novato. new sponsor here on Warriors wrap-up, the secret sauce of the game, The Warriors defense, turning it into offense in the third quarter. 889579570, 8957,9570. Let's keep it rolling here. We're going to go commercial free, uh, and that means will in Moss Beach, on the phone lines here tonight on 957 the game. What's going on, Will?
4: Talk about
3: Andy Wiggins and uh, the lack of uh, any uh, news about him. It's uh, it's very concerning. And then the one question I'd have is, uh, do you think there'd be a ramp-up time uh, when he comes back and uh, if he comes back? Thank
1: you.
2: Yeah, I do think there will be a ramp-up time uh, when he comes back. And I do think it is more when as opposed to if. We had Bob Myers on on Wednesday, so yesterday here on 95.7 the game with the executive show I was filling in for Matt Steinmetz along with Daryl the Guru Johnson and uh, Goo asked Bob you know is there a scenario where you think Wiggins could be out long term or potentially for the rest of the year and Bob said he didn't think that was going to be the case and so I think that was without getting into any specifics and Bob didn't and, and all we can relay is that it it's a it's a family issue and and nobody really knows and and Wiggins may address it at, at the point in which he returns whenever that time is but as far as yeah he probably will have to work back in conditioning wise and so there is going to be and I think part of the reason why the Warriors have had a little bit of a difficult time getting on a roll when they've had everybody and part of why they're only two games over 500 when Curry's played with the other regulars is the fact that it has been, you know, a lot of they started 3-7 and seven and then they got it together. And really since the early part of December, it has been Wiggins was out and then Curry was out and then Curry and Wiggins both were out. And then Curry came back and then Wiggins came back and then Curry went out again. And then we, like there's been a lot of ins and outs as far as the, the – rhythm of things, and I think that's prevented that top seven, really, eight, if you count Kaminga, which I think you have to, to build some forward momentum together. So you do have to allow for that, which is all the more reason why every single win that the Warriors get right now in the lead-up is so important uh, because the Warriors find themselves... Uh, right in the mix of of this race here uh, down the stretch uh, toward the finish line and so every game that you can get now is one more game that you have a little bit of breathing room to play with in that attempt to not only get Steph back and worked into a rhythm and it's not really as much about Steph Steph's going to come back and Steph is Steph it's it's not about Steph it's about how everybody else plays with Steph and plays around Steph that I think is the, the biggest thing and Wiggins has shown as a player that that Coach Kerr has mentioned a lot, he just doesn't miss time throughout his NBA career, and he thought missing time really for the first time in a long time and then having to come back, it it took him some time, and he was out of sorts for, for a stretch there. So I think that's where you're hoping that, that this team can continue to win until they're whole, and then if there is going to be a five-game five or so stretch where they have to try and refigure it out together for the – playoffs then then so be it but you don't want that stretch to to wind up hurting your playoff position to a point where you know you fall out of fifth with a chance to get to fourth and maybe even third and back into that that play in tournament type scenario eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero we'll keep it rolling here with sophomore in pacifica before we hear from steve kerr on 95.7 the game hey sophomore
4: Hey, man, I'm ahead of Steve Kerr. That is awesome. So thank you. I was at the game tonight. And so the good news is that we were classy. We really were. We were steady with the team that we've got right now. The bad news is that I don't even really feel like we won this game. I feel like the Clippers lost it. Their percentages were so bad. They were so uncoordinated and discombobulated. And, like, we would leave them openings, they couldn't take them. And the good news is... They are a West team. Everyone's scared of their roster, and tonight, you know, they're pretenders, not contenders, and that's one team that I think will stay out of our way.
2: Yeah, I look. I'm not. I don't think they can get it together. And and I loved everything they did. And thanks, sophomore. I loved them going and getting Bones Highland. I like them getting Eric Gordon. I like them getting Mason Plumlee, who had 20 rebounds tonight, and just cleaned off the glass in the first half in particular. I liked all those moves. All of those moves were completely wiped out when they went and got Russell Westbrook. And look, Paul George advocated for Russell Westbrook. Those that know me know I don't think Paul George at the championship level is a winning player. Uh, I think he's, he's too much in coast mode. I think Kawhi Leonard, for as great as he is, you know him and, and PG, I think set a really bad tone for the Clippers as a franchise. I, I really believe that. And for PG to be the guy that wanted Russ to come in, that's just an all-timer as far as I'm concerned. And and, and this may be an unpopular opinion to some, but I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George set a horrible energy for a franchise. You know, And, and Kawhi and PG, they, they get away with the whole – I'm gonna mostly coast and rest and load manage and then pick my spots when I feel like it's it's I'm cool enough to dominate, but and that's fine. You know that can that can get you to 33 and 32 with a month to go in the season and and thinking and always thinking you're gonna be a run away from getting on a run, but that can't be the identity of your freaking franchise. It just can't be. It's low level and for one of your leaders of your franchise to not know better to think that you want Russell Westbrook you know a dude that Clippers are 0-4 in his games now where he started and he's lost 13 straight starts coming in so 14 now so the last 14 games where Russell Westbrook has started his team Lakers Clippers have lost every single one of them so, I mean, that is the definition of a losing player. Is it all on him tonight? No, he was awful. Kawhi was awful. Paul George was awful. But, again, I'm not as worried about the Clippers as a lot of people seem to, to be. I, I, think, I think as great a player as Kawhi is and as good a player as Paul George is, they set a horrible negative low-level energy for their franchise and it that can't you know again they're good enough to flip the switch when they want to in a regular season to pick their spots and they dominate and they're terrific and they've even done it in the playoffs a little bit but together it can't be the identity you know load management and when you know when are we going to try can't be the identity of, of of a franchise and that's pretty much been the identity of the Clippers franchise since those two have gotten paired together and that's not that, that that is the antithesis of championship. That is the antithesis of uh, being able to to be a legitimate contender in as mediocre a Western Conference as I can remember in about thirty years. Going back since I was watching a ki- you know, watching hoops as a kid uh, to be to be you know a, when you look at where all these teams are at. Gary and Vallejo next on Warriors wrap up a ninety-five-seven game. What's going on, Gary? All right, can you hear me? Loud and clear, my man. How you doing tonight?
3: Hey, doing well. Just coming back from work right now. Um, Man, I just wanted to bring up, like, it's a great win that the Warriors got tonight. Um, But one thing I haven't heard yet and really wanted to hear from you guys, if you look at the schedule for tomorrow, from all the way from 7 down to 12, you got the Clippers playing, you have the Jazz playing against the Thunder, Timberwolves are playing the Lakers and the Pelicans are um, playing the Warriors and even the Blazers are playing the Hawks. What I wanted to bring up was all of these are about like one game away from each other. How do you think this is going to go tomorrow? Like, you think people are going to be out of the playoffs or how is this going to end up?
2: Well, it's a great question and you could, and, and thanks for the call. And you're right, there are a lot of teams that are all in this mix facing each other tomorrow. You've got the, the Clippers go to Sacramento and play the Kings. Kings are above that fray right now, but the Clippers are right there in it. You've got Phoenix at Chicago. That's a that's a game that they could lose. You've got the Warriors and the Pelicans, a couple teams in the mix. Minnesota and the Lakers, a couple teams in the mix. Utah and OKC, couple teams in that mix. And so the reality is it can change dramatically. There, there's going to be – but here's what we also know. Three or four of those teams are going to win and three or four of those teams are going to lose. And so – in that respect, there doesn't necessarily have to be a whole heck of a lot that, that changes. But from the Warriors' standpoint, you want to win that game tomorrow because you are currently only separated by two with where you're at at five and the Pelicans are at ten. And so, yeah, you, you lose tomorrow, you could be right back down in seventh or eighth, depending upon what Minnesota does and Utah does and, and the Clippers if they can somehow get a, a win in Sacramento Uh, against the Kings team that's suddenly hot coming out of the break. So, yeah, it it can change very fast, and it's going to be a a lot of wild twists and turns, I think, between now and the end of the regular season here uh, as all of these teams face each other. And I think all of these teams, for the most part, have been 50-50 against each other, which is why they're all separated right now from four all the way down to, to 13. By about four and a half, five games total. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We'll just go commercial free and we'll keep pushing through here on ninety five seven. The game. Uh, let's let's hear from Steve Kerr uh, as he met with the media here following this one
5: down 10 going into halftime was it the it looked like the defense really is what set that up in the third quarter is that what you felt Were there any adjustments or was it just energy and no it's just energy there really weren't many adjustments um i I didn't think our defense was was bad in the first half we just couldn't make any shots and so they were playing you know off of our misses all half so it's tough to get the defense set in that case but uh just felt like we had to stay patient and and um we knew shots would start to go because we had some decent looks in the in the first half and uh, guys brought the energy and I think they're g- gaining confidence. Now this is, I think, third straight game where we've really played well in the second half uh, defensively. And so we're starting to get some momentum.
6: You guys pretty actively sagged off Westbrook and kind of had Draymond Rome. How much did that help? And and just overall, how much did you feel like tonight's defense was just again, kind of uh, executing the scheme?
5: Yeah. Draymond as a center fielder is uh I think the best best in the league. I mean, there's nobody who can kind of muck up the lane like he can and uh, you know, just read what's happening, help everywhere he needs to help and then come in and rebound. I thought the uh the guard rebounding was a, a really big deal tonight both Dante and Clay with 11 boards. Clay has um uh, really made made that a point of focus since the All-Star break to uh, to get on the glass and uh so uh, you know, between Draymond and Loon directing the defense. Our guards getting back um, on the glass, defending without fouling for the most part, and uh, just staying solid. I think we're we're finding something.
0: What stood out most to you with Jordan's performance tonight?
5: Well, tail of two halves for sure. You know, he had a rough go in the first half. But what I like is the uh just the poise that he showed. He he was in good spirits at halftime. You know, he didn't get too down and he stayed with it. And uh, you know, he just uh kept attacking and really got us going in that third quarter.
0: He didn't score at all in that first quarter. Can you kind of sense when he's gonna start to catch fire like he did in that third?
5: I can't necessarily sense it, but I know it's always possible. And that's um You know, that's why he's so important for us, because he at the point of attack, he can, you know, get right by his guy and get to the paint and finish. And uh, if he can do that and break the defense down, it opens up a lot of things
7: for us for a good chunk of the season your team has been at 500. This is the first time you're 3 games over 500. Is there a significance to that?
5: I think so and it, I think I'm th- it does feel like this is our best stretch because of what we're doing defensively. It, it's uh it's significant in that, you know, we've held our our serve here uh so far at home. Uh another big one tomorrow and um you know, hopefully Steph coming back soon. So, I think you know things are looking looking up.
7: Following up on that, we've talked a lot or you've talked a lot this season of how sometimes when you guys are trailing, you feel that you guys feel sorry for yourselves. You're hitting yeah. your heads. These past two games, you've really haven't <laughs> done that. Well, what's what's kind of changed or allowed you you guys to not get down on yourselves and and fight back?
5: Yeah, I just I just feel like there's a grit that comes with defense that allows you to shake it off and keep keep playing, you know, when you're when you're struggling. Um, it's hard to do that when you're just trading buckets. And, um, so for most of the season, our defense has been pretty poor. And, um, so I think grit goes hand in hand with defense. Our defense has been dramatically better in these last four games. And, uh, hopefully that continues.
7: Yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, I remember right before the all-star break, when you guys pl- played the Clippers in LA, you and Draymond really leaned into your defensive struggles mm-hmm. since then over the last four games, what has led to this kind of this resurgence of it?
5: um you know maybe it's the stretch run um i just think uh, there's been better focus Uh, we're not fouling all the time um dante has been a great leader for us Uh, just setting a tone with his ball pressure and his energy um i don't know i mean we we were hoping we could do this a while back but um you know we're doing it now and hopefully we can keep it going
6: Kaminga got a lot of minutes and it looked like most of them he was matched up with Kawhi. Did you like that matchup going in? And and how did you think Kaminga did in this game?
5: I think it was one of his best games that he's played uh here in his young uh career. He played with good energy. He uh he he attacked when he, you know, should have, shot when he should have. I mean, it just there's a better a sense of uh, feeling the game offensively and then just competed. Uh, defensively and um, you know kawaii is such a tough matchup but i mean the reason jk is here is because um, he has that amazing um, you know physical uh, gift of just being strong and, and athletic and and long arms and he's learning you know how to use that gift
7: uh, Clay was pretty open at the beginning of the year about wanting to prove his doubters wrong. What do you think about how he's evolved this year mentally in particular?
5: Just much more poised of late, seems to be in a better frame of mind where he's able to to withstand a, maybe a rough patch in the game or even a rough game and uh, not get too emotional about it. And uh, and he's really, he's just been calmer and, and more poised. And I think that's allow him to, allowing him to be more consistent. But he's he's been great now for a
6: pretty good stretch. He mentioned that conversation he had with you about kind of evolving his game as he gets older. You've talked about his rebounding tonight. How much of that conversation was specifically tied to like rebounding? He's becoming more of a three, four. Yeah. That part of his career. I,
5: I give Q a lot of credit. Um, You know, he and Clay spent some time together over the all-star break and they had a great, great talk. And I think, you know, Q really talked to him about uh, how as you get older, you have to evolve. And um that's just what, great players do you've got to figure out where you can get better and as uh, as your body you know starts to uh, go through the the bumps and bruises and the accumulation of all those years you you've got to make up for it with uh, your brain you know what can you do that can uh, be another layer to your game rebounding and and i think passing those are the two things for clay can he create some shots for people and can he really help us out on the glass and uh, he's been doing both of those things
6: Steve, there was a uh, a famous moment in your career where Steph shoots three. threes against the Clippers and you're like, what are you doing? Look looks like you're pulling your head out. He made it, but it was just like those moments fast forward. Now, does that, did that help you prepare you for Jordan and kind of those, <laughs> like, do, do you still have those thoughts or it's like, eh, you've been doing this for No, a I long.
5: still have those thoughts. Yeah. I think the game has changed so much and I think, to be honest, I think Steph and Clay helped spur that change. You know, when I first became coach, that that moment that you referenced was probably a couple of months into the season. All I could, for the first two months, all I could hear in my head were, you know, Lute Olson and, and uh, Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich telling, you know, telling me that's a terrible shot. That's a terrible shot. And, you know, at that point I looked at the stats and Steph was shooting 42% and Clay was shooting 41%. I said, okay, that's that's a good shot uh, for those guys. Uh, since then, it's like the whole league is, sh- is shooting those shots, and it's not necessarily a great shot for everybody. And I don't necessarily think a lot of those shots are great for Jordan. All you have to do is look at percentages to know whether something's a good shot or not. And so – What I love about Jordan is he's still evolving, he's still growing, and we've spent a lot of time talking about efficiency and uh, what's the best way to attack. He has incredible speed, and so we're trying to help him use the speed to create easier shots for himself and everybody else instead of, you know, just settling for, you know, some of those long, difficult shots. And it's still a work in progress. But, you know, if you want to shoot 42% from three, you get to shoot any shot you want. But you better shoot 40, 40, 42%. And that's, um, not many players can do that.
2: All right, so Steve Kerr there, talking about uh, the three-point shot and the evolution of it. And uh, a lot of questions about the Warriors' defense tonight, and rightfully so, given the 35 points that they allowed the Clippers to score in the second half. 16 of those in the third quarter, a 42-16 Warriors advantage in the third. That flips the game. Warriors down 11 at the half. They wind up up 17 going to the fourth quarter, and they win this thing going away, 115-91. to Let's uh, go ahead and pause for our legal ID here at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. You're listening
5: to 95 7 The Game, KGMZ FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app.
2: All right, John Dickinson back here for another 8 10 minutes or so at Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City. Uh, festive atmosphere throughout the post game here with a lot of warrior fans happy sipping on that harmonic kolsch for those on youtube and twitch cheers to you Uh, obviously uh, drink responsibly harmonic kolsch the flagship craft beer here tastes like a lager and drinks uh, crisp and refreshing even though it's an ale Uh, harmonics most popular craft beer i'm that's my go-to when i'm here easy to drink deliciously nuanced uh here also the starship lager the seaside ipa uh, harmonic of course the original location in the dog patch neighborhood opened this location uh in february of 2020 back at uh, thrive city and just uh, a good time here pregame and postgame from harmonic brewing in thrive city let's go ahead and get to our hardest working player of the game which as always is brought to you by ac transit Outlet to Westbrook. Westbrook will dribble it to the front court. Drives on Clay Thompson. Goes up. Rejected by Kaminga. Says, get it out of here. Yeah, Jonathan Kaminga, one of two blocks tonight to go with seven rebounds. He had a couple of steals, and that was with 19 points on 7 12 shooting and 3 of 4 from three. Really one of the more complete games that Jonathan Kaminga has had this season and his young. Uh, In his young NBA career, a plus 19 contributing to winning and really uh, a key player for the Warriors in this one tonight. He was working hard on both ends throughout the night in helping the Warriors earn this victory. And so Jonathan Kaminga is tonight's hardest worker of the game brought to you by AC Transit. AC Transit looking for hard workers and offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey level mechanics to join their team for complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. A couple of more notes here before we hear a couple of minutes from Draymond Green in the post-game press conference down in the interview room back over at Chase. We talked about the Warriors' fourth consecutive win. It's now 9 of 10 At Chase Center, including the last five, we mentioned the rebounds, the season low for opponent points, 91 for the Warriors tonight, holding the Clippers to that, and also another comeback win for the Warriors uh, as they trailed by double figures, uh, the ninth comeback win for the Warriors after trailing by double figures this season, all at home. How about that? Uh, The Warriors have had some of that comeback mojo at Chase Center, third straight game where they've trailed by double digits and come back to win and uh, able to win the last two really going away uh, with uh, the opposition tapping out in the fourth quarter and Steve Kerr able to get some subs in the game and allow some of the younger players to get the final five six eight minutes uh, of this one Clippers tapped out with about six minutes to go pretty incredible to think they got a game in Sacramento that 90 minute two-hour bus ride from San Francisco over to Sac and uh, Ty Lue basically phoned it in uh, with Paul George only playing 26 minutes. Kawhi Leonard did play 31, but they, they said forget it. We're, we're on to the next tomorrow And a rested Sacramento team that's coming off a, a road trip where they went 3-0 and and back at home for the first of what will be four home games for them. Also, quick note from Elias, just the second time, Since the 1997-98 season, so we're going back 25 years, when play-by-play was first tracked, that the Warriors have won three straight games after trailing by 10 or more points at any point in the game. Uh, There's one other time that Warriors had done it. It's the second time, and that was back in the championship year, the first championship year of the Curry, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, Kerr era. In January, uh, from the 31st of 2015 to February 4th of 2015, that was a three-game stretch where the Warriors won three games or more after trailing by 10 or more at any point in the game. All right, final couple of minutes here before we call it a night. Let's go back inside Chase. Let's go inside the Bill King interview room, and let's hear a couple of minutes from Draymond Green as he addressed the media and the post-game press conference.
6: After watching Steph take some like wild shots for most of your career, does that help prepare you for when Jordan does it? Or do you still have
1: a similar reaction? Or Uh, I think you're always going to have a reaction. I mean, I have a reaction even when Steph takes some of them shots he'll take, but ultimately, you got to also understand that they're going to take some of those. And you know, I can't quite say I understand that feeling, but if you're doing everything else, what's to complain about? You know, uh, scorers like them, they're going to take some bad ones. That's just what the reality but taking care of the ball you're getting good looks consistently defending it's hard to really complain about them but yeah i think it to answer your question it definitely probably helps for sure
6: we kind of talked about scheme execution after the last game with what you guys did with the tonight it was different scheme obviously you were really sagging off Russ. us um how did that help you guys kind of bottle them up and um, how good a sign is that again, that you guys seem to, you know, I guess execute another game plan?
1: Uh, I think it's a great sign uh, that we're able to execute. Um, I still think we can get better. uh, But overall, uh, guys were locked in on the game plan. I I think it helped a lot. Uh, You know, when you're, you know, I was just clogging the paint and, you know, trying to make them take tough ones. And and saying that it it wasn't just sagging off Russ. You know, everybody was locked in on their coverage. Um, If it was a top lock with Paul George, Dante was in the top lock. Uh, You know, Clay was all over Kawhi. JK came in. He was all over both uh, when he guarded each of those guys. So it was a total team effort and guys being in the gaps and thought we did a pretty good job rebounding with the exception of that one possession where we gave up like three offensive rebounds. Um, You know, so I think we put it all together. But overall, I thought, you know, we executed the game plan and it was good for us.
7: Uh, Right before the All-Star break, when you guys played the Clippers in LA, you really leaned into your defensive struggles as a team. How have you seen yourself your your team evolve on defense since coming out of the break
1: i think we're doing a better job but uh, that first game out the break was tough we didn't really guard anyone but since then we're, we're really checking And you know, i think most importantly like i said last game starting to see a little more game planning and with that you know you want to see guys execute that game plan uh, just so you know that you're capable and you know overall i think guys have been doing a really good job these last few games of executing game plans and it's been putting us in a good position to win you guys got 29 points off turnovers is for some guys. Is it more fun to play offense when the you see the defense is giving you offense? It's an energy thing, right? Like you, your defense is fueling your offense. That fuels everyone. That fuels the team. It fuels the crowd. You know, it's electric uh, when you can turn and, and, and then it's faster. You know, the pace is much faster when you're getting off, getting out off turnovers. And so I think everyone feels good when you're doing that. Uh, you know, at times when you're running sets every play, get bogged down, Um, you know, some guys may not touch the ball. And so when you're playing in transition like that and just going, Um, I think it helps everyone. And then obviously this team has a really good defense when they can get set. If you can make them play out of transition and get them scrambling, it helps. you think that will help? I mean, have guys do the extra things that you need to do to play great defense when you see what it can do on the other end? It should. Um, and that's the goal, and that's my responsibility as one of the leaders on this team, uh, just to make sure that we understand the importance of defending and how it affects winning. And if we want to win at a high level, you have to do that. And so, you know, we just got to keep building on it.
3: Dream on along those lines of, of you're a guy who does all the little things, wants to do all the little things. And Clay and Bruce Frazier met during the All-Star break and spoke about, you know, as you get at different stages in your career, you need to evolve. And Clay has taken it upon himself to become a better rebounder. Dante hit the boards hard I mean what does it mean to you for those guys to really hey I'm going to be a good rebounder too
1: well it's huge um everyone always talks about our size when you have wings rebounding the the way they rebound it doesn't matter and so I uh, think you know Dante's been rebounding all year Clay's taking that next step he's been doing it consistently coming out of the all-star break I actually didn't know about that conversation so shout out to Q this has been great but yeah I think you know overall clay has been playing great and then just to rebound the ball the way he did tonight. Um, he was all over the defensive glass. And, you know, that helps us a lot. It helps spark transition. And then, and understanding in this league, they shot 46 threes. There's going to be long rebounds. They're going to bounce to that elbow. And, you know, if we got our guards there cleaning those up, that's huge. And like I said, it ignites the break.
2: Yeah, it definitely ignites the break there. And the Warriors were turning the defense into offense in a big time way tonight, we talked about the 60 rebounds. I also wanted to give Clay Thompson a nod tonight. Uh, Clay Thompson with 11 rebounds, which believe it or not, and this one surprised me when I saw it. But Clay Thompson's 11 rebounds, a career high, career high for Clay Thompson. He was doing it all in the th- in the third quarter. Jordan Poole was doing the scoring with the 22 points, but Clay Thompson was doing it defensively. He was doing it offensively, and he ends up uh, among the many that were a plus tonight for the Warriors, double-digit plus-minus for the five starters, Poole and Clay, obviously Looney, Draymond Green, and DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo, at game-high plus-22 to go with Kaminga's plus-19, but yeah, Clay a plus-16 and really on the boards, which has been something that has been a point of emphasis for him and the Warriors' coaching staff as his game continues to evolve. All right, that'll do it. For tonight, quick turnaround Warriors back in action tomorrow. Right back at it, fifth game of the five game homestand as the Warriors will take on the Pelicans. Uh, I'll be back with you for Warriors Live for that one coming up at six o'clock. Warriors Live, hear a rumor, I hear a rumor, be in the team shop tomorrow at six o'clock. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. Here uh, for Warriors Live on ninety five seven the game and Warriors wrap up of course to follow as uh, the Dubs continue this six and nine nights right out of the break and five and eight nights on the Chase Center hardwood so back at it tomorrow for that thanks to Sterling Bennett uh, and everybody in our San Francisco studios as uh, great job by one and all cutting up the highlights and the post game sound and everything getting the phone calls on the air here tonight on ninety five seven the game appreciate. Uh, the help of one and all again we'll talk to you tomorrow from chase team shop six o'clock the Warriors shop as the dubs get the win tonight over the clippers 115 to 91 and you heard it right here on ninety-five-seven. the game good night
0: t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours